What's up, everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. Each episode on here will feature leaders in the digital space to help entrepreneurs grow their knowledge and understanding of the Amazon and e-commerce world. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. What's up, everyone? Episode 39 of Crossover Commerce here. Thanks for joining us on a Monday. It's going to be a packed week full of content for e-commerce and digital uh, entrepreneurs in the Amazon space, e-commerce space, wherever you're coming from. Thanks for joining us live on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, we have our podcast also going live, so subscribe to that at Crossover Commerce. Just found out today we're on Amazon Music. So if you uh, consume all your podcasts or any kind of uh, entity on Amazon Music, you can search for Crossover Commerce there. We have about 10 episodes of audio content there, but we're going to catch up and get make sure that all of our content gets up there so you can listen to it as well. So thanks for subscribing. Thanks for joining uh, us today live on all those platforms. I have a really, ex- I'm really excited about today because we literally just hopped from one call to another. His name is Le- Leron Hirschcomb of Incremental Digital, and he has his hands on a little bit of everything. He's doing PPC work. He's, I believe, former seller, uh, also um, just has his hands in education on every major platform that you can possibly talk about. He was on Amazon Live just a few minutes ago, I want to say, and we can maybe talk to on that, but he wanted to give his insights on what 2021 has to offer, maybe the market shift of what Amazon sellers can expect uh, going into this year and maybe what he learned in 2020 as well. But super excited to have him on the podcast today, uh, already uh, trying to catch him in between lunch and everything else that's going on today. Leon, what's up? Hey, thanks for, so much for having me on. <laughs> No problem. So you just actually just came from you said Amazon Live, correct? Like yep. you were on Amazon Live. Correct. Yes. What, what, what uh, was that? What was that project about? Like I, I I tried to read in a little bit of it. I, mm-hmm. I saw you posted something. What what yep. was that content about? Well, uh, I will say that the power of uh, of networking is super powerful. So this this came about because um, for those of you that are in Clubhouse, um, I, I hosted a Clubhouse room. Uh, I started a um, Amazon Seller Club on there, and I, I hosted a, a room talking about Amazon Live. Well, this woman who has a show on Amazon Live um, was in the room. She pinged her producer, the guy who kind of owns the channel called Sway TV. They joined the room. They joined the conversation. Um, and that, this was on Thursday. And next thing you know, Monday, I'm on there. I'm on her weekly show on uh, on Amazon Live talking about, um, you know, talking about mindset, entrepreneurship. Um, she, she does kind of like a, a weekly parenting show. Um, nice. And uh, I just thought it was uh, super fun to to uh, to be on there. And um, what what they're doing um, uh, on Amazon Live is also super super interesting, um, and the opportunities that exist there to um, sell products through through that platform and uh, the different approaches that you could take. They're really doing it as a very content focus. She has a show on parenting, and they kind of weave in parenting products, um, whereas a lot of other influencers are really just on there kind of selling you know so very very different you can check out sway tv um to 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 kind of um see see what they're doing and like the experience and there's massive opportunity to connect with people that have these channels and get on and weave in uh discussions around around products including yours um in front of an audience that you wouldn't otherwise have through amazon live so uh, uh literally um i ended there five minutes ago and, and hopped on here. <laughs> and jumped right in here, right? Yeah, exactly. And I we appreciate obviously your time. And that's a super interesting kind of maybe topic to go into because I don't think a lot of Amazon sellers know the power of both video, but also on the live channel, which is it has been out for a little while, but I always thought personally it was just people um from Amazon just promoting almost like a um, almost like a, one of those infomercial com- uh, channels and whatnot. Yep. They're just hard pitching. Yeah, uh, I always see it on Prime Day. I always see it on Prime Day popping up, but it's a constant figure that's within their platform. So you're saying that sellers can actually like 
host shows or there's other influencers can host yeah. shows or what's the yeah. kind of the so, high level on that? So, and, and that is, I think, an, an opportunity for 2021 so we can jump into it. So, yeah. So, um, Amazon Live probably goes back two years to, to when they to when they started it. Um, and um, Amazon itself has uh, has a, a, a channel there um, as well. Um, but they're also, uh, brands can also go on there directly, um, and, um, uh, and showcase their products. And then also Amazon influencers that are in the influencer program can also create channels. There's some advantages that some of these influencers have. They can feature multiple products. When you're doing your brand, you can only feature yours. There are advantages to, um, and I could talk about how this works, but there are advantages to feature other products other than yours and why. Um, and the Amazon influencers, like if you have a certain amount of views and kind of um, traction with your channel, you're going to get more visibility than a brand might get by going on there directly. Um, so there's a good opportunity to work with the influencers. They, the, the, the channels that the influencers have are part of the uh, on-site associates program, which is essentially the um, the Amazon affiliate, the affiliate program. program. Yeah. And they, they also get like some, some affiliate money based on the products that sell through the channel and then what people click and buy like within a 24 hour period in terms of other products. So they can monetize it to, um, to, to some extent. And depending on, you know, depending on the specific sort of influencer channel there, they have different goals. So the channel that I was just on is, is looking at things more long-term. They're not looking to make as much money as they can and, and take as much money from brands as they can to, to feature their products. They're more looking to really create um, uh, a content driven channel where they weave products in and they do, they are able to monetize somewhat off the affiliate, but they're not charging brands like thousands of dollars to kind of show their products on there. They're more thinking long-term as, as a, uh, as a mechanism to have this, uh, as this grows within, within Amazon and visibility. Um, other channels are doing this particularly as a business, um, and are not heavily content focused. They're more showcasing, you know, 20 products within a particular niche over a 40 minute show. Um, and they're doing it as a service for sellers and they are sort of selling it. Um, the advantages you have with them is that they can feature multiple products and most of the traffic that is coming through Amazon live and sales is not coming from where you think it might be coming. So amazon.com slash live is kind of the link where all this kind of hosts on and exists. That's not where the traffic is coming from. The traffic is coming from detail pages that during a live, uh, and if you showcase uh, a particular product during a live, that Amazon Live will also sit on the detail page during the live. And so if you think about um, if I am selling a cell phone accessory um, mm -hmm. and, and during that same live, I'm also featuring an anchor product. Now what happens is that Amazon Live will sit on the anchor product showing the carousel of products being featured in that live, including my product. And I'm sort of able to leverage uh, and what I would say is ethically steal traffic from anchor by um, also having my product featured within the same live and all the people that are visiting that detail page within that 30, 40 minute time during the live um, are also potentially exposed to, to my product. And that you can only do, uh, I think, by working with some of the uh, influencer channels on the, on the platform. I, I predict, I don't know if it's going to be this year or next, but I do think Amazon Live will, be, will get much bigger. Um, and Amazon itself is trying to put, I think, a bigger focus on it and will probably feature it maybe... Once Amazon decides to feature it in more places, um, that's really how it can get bigger. So maybe you'll see placements that are not just during the live. You'll see a placement. Uh, you'll see the replays showing up on the detail page, right. um, and that will drive more visibility to uh, to Amazon Live. Um, so and, and, so and, that how, yeah, I was go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, and, and one other thing in, in Asia, live shopping is huge, um, and it hasn't taken off in the same way. Um, as it has, uh, let's say in the US, but you know, I think it has the potential to, um, and in talking to the producer of this channel, um, you know, he was telling me about some brands that literally feature a 24 hour live stream on their D2C site. Um, you know, if you have a, if you sell a bunch of, um, let's say kitchen products, you can literally have a 24 hour or 12 hour show during the day, you know, cooking and, 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 you know, producing content and weaving in your products along the way. Uh, I think there's one beauty brand that does this. Um, uh, I don't remember the name offhand that does this pretty well, where they have kind of like a, a live stream channel on their D2C site and kind of just makes it more interesting, gives a uh, people a reason to come on their uh, website for the content and then buy while they're there. No, that, uh, so I'll, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, obviously. Yep. So let me zoom back out. And, and, that, and that's super cool to kind of 
to know that you as a seller or a brand or an influencer can actually Im kind of partake in that. What's kind of, what's that process like right now? Is it just for us uh, marketplace is for international marketplace? Do you know what, what's kind of the, yeah, I think the it's parameters US. around everything? Yeah, I think it's us only. Uh, I believe there's a, uh, a creator app that as a brand owner, you can, uh, you could just go on. Um, there may be some fees involved with kind of like boosting a stream or maybe getting, getting better visibility. Um, I, uh, haven't looked into as much as that is more working with some of these, uh, channels that exist to, uh, to showcase products. I, I think, uh, I think for the most part, that's a better opportunity. Also, if you haven't built out a studio, etc., right, it's going to be done hopefully the more professional way by working with an influencer who has that setup right. versus, you know, you in your home talking, talking about a product. But, um, I think it's something that's um not being leveraged enough by sellers and something i'm trying to push more into in in 2021 yeah uh so kind of maybe rewinding for those of you uh in our audience may not be familiar with like your background your like what you're working on obviously you are you were a seller maybe kind of just would you mind like sharing a little yeah. bit about your background like where yeah. you got today and kind of paint that picture for us as well yeah absolutely um so i started selling on amazon um at the end of 2014 it was following a, uh, I had a, an online uh, insurance business. So I had a internet marketing um, background along with a financial services background that I kind of married together to build an insurance business. Um, I saw a course in 2014 about selling on Shopify. That was my entryway into e-commerce, which led me to uh, Amazon and starting with uh, arbitrage. Um, in 2015, I moved, uh, in the summer, I moved into private label um, and starting a couple of private label brands. Um, since then, I've sold millions of dollars through private label on Amazon. Um, and today, I have, um, I am, uh, uh, you can consider me, I guess, a seller. I'm a partner in multiple brands um, and as well as run um, an Amazon um, focused marketing agency where we help people with, with the advertising side, with DSP. Um, and now we're also fully managing brands on the on the platform um, as well. So, um, you know, we work with brands that are in Whole Foods and uh, doing D2C, but they're not on Amazon and we're helping them kind of launch on Amazon. Um, a lot of the sellers that are probably watching this, that sort of uh, are sort of experts at selling on Amazon themselves. And so they, they wouldn't be necessarily a fit, but there's a lot of brands that uh, don't know anything about Amazon. They already have other distribution channels and they really want to get on the platform. Um, we're doing good amount of work there to run essentially their entire marketing, um, you know, on the, on the platform. Um, and then, you know, doing some interesting things, having some discussions with, you know, investors who want to put up money to buy a brand and shared equity for us to run those brands, um, and then them to put up the money, for example. So some, some, uh, exciting stuff that's, uh, that's, that's happening. You're dabbling in a little bit of everything, man. <laughs> dabbling, dabbling in a bunch. Um, and then, you know. Uh, as a separate thing, um, I also I'm also a shareholder in a fintech company that is helping sellers with growth capital for their business, and I would say doing it in a more innovative way. Um, and since August, you know, I've probably helped about 20 sellers um, get between you know 25,000 to a million dollars in in funding for their uh, for their business. So um, that's awesome. Yeah, lots of uh, <laughs> I've uh, I have my hands. What, in what company of is that? Are you allowed to say which company that is? So, so the company is actually right now in um, stealth mode, but they'll be uh, okay, fully sure. launching this this uh, quarter. Um, nice. So it'll be it'll be more public. But they're uh, they're a startup, and they have a lot of experience in the fintech uh, in the fintech space. They've they've sold companies before to Intuit and and you know some big players. So they have a lot of experience, and they've kind of what they've developed is really like a. Uh, an AI tool that continuously underwrites a seller based on their seller central data and knows how to fund them. And the the difference in terms of what they're doing and what other companies like a clear bank or sellers funding are doing is that they don't give you all the funding upfront. Um, so they're funding you based on your supply chain schedule. And so you end up paying less interest because you're not holding onto the funds as long. Um, and so that's part of where the, the innovation is. Awesome. You're going to have to message me more about it offline so yeah. I can learn more and how we, obviously as a fintech company, we can yeah. obviously assist with that. But I know yeah. lots of people, I think that's kind of also another way for 2021 is people, especially in the fintech space, there's just all this growth and like explosion in terms of either you're talking about a roll-up company, which is a loose definition of like a Thrasio or a recon brand or a heyday 
Um, you're talking about like investment companies like a seller's funding or a payability or a crew me. And then you're talking about fintech in terms of like cross-border payments, like a ping pong pioneer, yep. so on and so forth. So there's lots of ways of growth in terms of international expansion, which is exciting for sellers, both on and off of Amazon. So I, I'm, that's exciting yeah. to hear from you. Thanks for sharing that. What's, um, so as a service, you're, you said you're not really a seller, but you're kind of still a seller as a service provider. Oh, what's yeah, that? I mean, I, I guess I would say I'm not really a, I'm a seller, but what I do is I built, I built a team of 30 plus that, can basically run a brand, right? So like, right. I'm not, um, I'm more, my, I'm more involved in like, uh, here's a strategy, here's what I want to do, and then have a team that can go, you know, implement it. So um, I would say I wouldn't consider myself the same as a seller that's kind of doing everything in their business, right? Um, but a seller in terms of, um, you know, having uh, having uh, equity in brands that are selling on Amazon. Yeah, no, that and that is the distinction I wanted to make for people. It's like you have it, you're in the weeds. You're not in the weeds like a day to day one person. You have a team with you, so which is is definitely nice when what people can hopefully get to um, and their journey. You have a you have a Facebook group that's called e commerce mindset, which is really I think active in the Facebook community. It's not the biggest one, but it's also yep. super active. I think what what was kind of your drive to kind of like grow that community? Is it just you need a place to share your thoughts and content or what was kind of the mindset behind yeah. it? Um, so one, I would say that, um, um, yeah, it's definitely not the biggest group. I think there's 1600 people there, but myself and my assistant heavily uh, vet uh, every person. So I'm not looking for vanity numbers. Um, to, to be honest, I probably 20 or 30% of the people that ask to join, I don't let them in when I see like, virtual assistant FBA or, you know, or like on their profile or like when I see, you know, um, a service provider that I don't know, or whatever, like I'm not looking to make it a pitch fest type of group where somebody posts something. And I mean, you have big groups, like I'm in the FBA high rollers group and uh, it's a great group and you can get a lot of information. But if somebody posts about something, you'll also have 30 people commenting and pitching them. That's not what I wanted to, uh, to create a, a, as right. part of a group. Um, so I vet every single, uh, sort of person or my assistant knows kind of what I look for. We look at every single person's profile. I'm not looking to build like vanity metrics as having, you know, um, just a numbers. I want it to be an engaged group and I want it to be, you know, uh, a combination of sellers that are wanting to learn and a combination of sellers that want to give back, you know, um, and make it a, a really good, uh, a really good community. Um, same name, uh, as my podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, the outlet for me is like, I really, enjoy the the content side and um you know um it, it's also a way for me to add value and um bring visibility to all the different projects that i'm involved in right so uh in my agency i've never had to spend you know a dollar on paid marketing because uh i do a lot of content and that's my sweat equity in terms of what i pay to to attract people who might want to work with my agency um when i want to uh, when I get an opportunity to, to be a shareholder in a fintech company, it's because they know I have the ability to be their uh, growth engine for customer acquisition. Um, all that is because I've built a, a personal brand in, in the space. So the Facebook group, the podcast, um, you know, is my way of both doing something I enjoy, continuing to build that that personal brand, um, as well as drive uh, drive business. So it, it serves multiple purposes. I, I wouldn't be doing any of it if... Um, you know, if I if I didn't kind of in, enjoy that aspect of um, of what I do, I I could be, you know, not spending that time and and running Facebook ads to my agency and, and drive customers, you know, if I wanted to or LinkedIn or, or whatever. Right. Uh, but I I enjoy the uh, sharing, and I will say also, um, it's a great way to learn. Right, I'm not the smartest person in the group, nor do I want to be the smartest person, and I'm not an expert in every single area. So I want to learn from other people in the group. Um, that are posting questions and sharing information, and I can pick things up that um, you know allows me to 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 learn and and share and implement things in in business. Also, yeah, I think you have the same mentality as myself. Is I think the more I've learned is just by like talking to people like yourself, just on like shows like this where it's it's live, it's unfiltered. We don't edit anything else, which is both a blessing yep. and a curse because I sound like an idiot sometimes, but then also. I really get to absorb and like how I have to apply myself and listen in that exact moment. We're not, not yeah. going to filter anything. I love having people on um, in all aspects of e-commerce because I have myself not a seller. I'm a former viral launch. I'm a former uh, uh, company called e uh, Evergreen Enterprises who sold 10,000 SKUs and I just got to absorb everything. And I think that's the biggest 
I call it superpower. I think Gary Wong asked myself and a couple other people today, it's like, what's your superpower? And I'm like, A, I like to talk a lot and B, I like to absorb like a sponge, like constantly learning. And that's, I think the yeah. number one of the top aspects is being a, um, you know, entrepreneur like yourself. So when and you're Ryan, like people, yeah, resonate, people, res people don't resonate with somebody who's perfect. Right. right. Exactly. When you make, when you look like a fool, uh, as you say in, in quotes, right? Like <laughs> I right said that, yes, that exactly. because, because they know human beings aren't perfect. And if you're trying to be something you're not, and if you're actually authentic on a show like this or online, that's kind of my, my aim. I think I'll resonate more with people and being authentically who I am will allow me to just do much better in business in general, because people see that you're real and you care and you're not perfect. Um, and so I, I think there's, um, I think the benefits outweigh the, you know, the downsides of, you know, yeah. Okay. So I look like a fool. Well, okay. Uh, show me, somebody, show me somebody who's perfect. Exactly. So when you, you were talking about a, a cool mentality of you put in the sweat equity in terms of, cause I follow you on social media and I follow all the content you're pumping out there. It seems like you're speaking at one event or another and there's constant just information that's being either shared or regurgitated and you're in panels all the time. What's kind of that like trade off, like, because you don't get to spend time maybe on the company at hand versus, mm -hmm. or the companies at hand versus you sharing information. How do you kind of balance the two between one versus the other? It's it's uh, it's no easy task, um, and there is a trade off, and there is a balance that you that you need to um, to hit. And sometimes it's saying no to to, to something that you know um, you have to say no, and it's um, it, it, that's a challenge for me because I like to say yes and make everyone happy. Um, but um, you know, I think the I think the reason why I'm able to to do that is because I also have a team behind me that that is, um, you know, that is helping me with other areas uh, in business, operationally and uh, systems-wise, etc. So, um, but yeah, the, the trade-off is that you know, um, if I really just wanted to build a ten million dollar Amazon brand, I would go all in and be super focused on that. And that being involved in a variety of things doesn't give you that same opportunity to be super laser focused on uh, on one thing. I often ask myself if I wasn't let's say uh, public, like in this space, and I just built a brand, how big could I drive that brand to be um, just being laser focused on that? So I think there are trade-offs, um, but but I would also say that I, I, I enjoy the part of, I, I enjoy coming on a show like this or being on Amazon Live and, and talking to people. And um, I think the human the human connection part is, is um, something that, you know, drives me. And so, there's a trade. There's definitely a trade-off. Somebody told me recently, focus will make you rich, right? And being spread too thin, um, will not. <laughs> um, so I think there's, I think there's a good balance, um, in terms of, in terms of, um, what you say yes to what you say no to. Um, and I think the same thing with, you know, anybody that's selling, right? Um, what are you going to say yes to? Are you going to launch more products? Or are you going to go deeper on one product? Are you going to go international or are you going to go focus more on your existing marketplace? Are you going to go on Shopify or are you going to stay focused on Amazon? Like all these are decisions you kind of need to make. And um, there's an infinite amount of opportunity, but you won't be able to capture all that opportunity unless you are focused, you know, in, in some areas. So I think um, I think balance, balance is kind of the key word there. Yeah. And you're, you're talking about like, Hey, which, which direction should I go in? And you're talking our general topic that we're going to touch on today is like that shift in Amazon's market of where things are starting to trend to when you had submitted and you were talking to like, Hey, I would love to talk on this. What were you specifically like, what were the things that instantly came to mind when you're talking about that? Because a lot of people are like, Oh yeah, Amazon just keep going, keep chugging along. But how is that market kind of shifting in your mindset? Yeah. Um, so I, I think you, I think you see a shift to, to better branding um, on the platform. I think, um, you know, when I when I started in this space, um, there weren't a lot of discussions around building a brand. It was more like, go find a product opportunity, launch it. The, there wasn't as much emphasis on the quality of your listings, um, images, branding, video, A+, like all the different levers that you have today. Um, and I, I see, um, uh, and your competition is different than, than it is today too. You have a more sophisticated lever, level of seller. Um, you know, what I see is kind of happening in this space is sellers who started 
2012 to 2016, they they proved that the model of launching Amazon native brands and on Amazon specifically that the model works, and that you can build a profitable business. Um, what typically happens is that the 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 first people into something are not the most sophisticated um, people in. So the, the 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 funds and the capital and the the thragios and, and the the rollups of the world, um, I think recognize that. And now you see a bigger, higher level of institutional money that's coming into the space. Um, and so your competition uh, now is more sophisticated and you have to level up. So I think more focus on your packaging and your your creative and your images and video and A plus and your storefront um, and pulling on all these levers, um, I, I think is much more important today than it was even even two, two years back. Uh, and these are the areas I think, I think today you have to be able to execute in uh, a variety of, of areas. I mean, I think the foundation is, is your product selection, but you have to level up in terms of how you operate, how you operate the business uh, and also level up in terms of like branding and building a brand. I think Amazon wants to, wants to do that. We're, we're seeing, you know, as far as like where to focus on 2021, um, you know, you're seeing Amazon testing um, big blocks of placements. On detail pages showing um, pages from somebody's storefront. Um, if you haven't seen that, I think you will more. But you can look around; you'll you'll find it on some brands. I've, I've shown some screenshots of it within my Facebook group. I think emphasis on a brand storefront is going to become more more important. Uh, I think um, not only internal traffic to Amazon, but external traffic becomes more more important. Working with influencers, building a real brand, um, outside advertising like Google. Um, Amazon has rolled out attribution. One of the things we're, we're going to start testing is Google ads to Amazon with, with Amazon attribution. Like there's just more, uh, I think it's, uh, you have a higher level of sophistication, sophistication on the marketing side with bigger institutional money coming into the space. And as a small seller, um, in order to compete, I think you have to take advantage of all the marketing opportunities you have within Amazon. I think you also have an advantage over some of the bigger players. Some of these bigger players that are coming in, don't know the space as well as you who are watching this right now. Um, they can make decisions as fast as you, the entrepreneur. They have to deal with the challenges of what is it like, they have to deal with the challenges of um, driving the same level of fire underneath employee number 65 or 35 or 265 that is a brand manager in their company um, to have that same level of fire as you, the entrepreneur. Who who's up against them, and I I think it's you know that that's challenging, right? You you the entrepreneur that's watching this, um, is uh you know it's going to be more driven than hopefully more driven than anybody else to make your brand a success. So I think you have a certain level of of upside if you go and execute on all the you know branding and marketing levers that Amazon is giving you. I think specifically in twenty twenty one that is leveraging you know making sure you have amazing listings, A plus content, video. That you're running video ads, that you're putting emphasis on a on a brand storefront, that you're driving traffic to it, that you're building products around uh, a niche that resonates with that audience. Um, the more Amazon gives you these branding opportunities and building a storefront, the more benefit you have by building out, you know, a real like a brand or related products. I don't know if I say a real brand. Um, I think real brand is something that uh, I think a brand is something that like what do people say about this that has a certain level of emotion and feeling. And if you're just on Amazon, maybe you're not. Maybe you don't necessarily have that, but um, I think taking advantage of all the marketing opportunities you have as a seller, um, you know, are are important to be able to succeed. So, in in your mind, besides yourself, who's doing the best work in either the Amazon or e-commerce space right now? Whether it's a service provider or a seller that you've seen, they're just putting in the great work. They're consuming content, but they're doing you know, they're doing everything right and they're kind of leading the charge and everything. Would you, do you have a couple of people or services uh, on? Um, I mean, I, I would say that, you know, I've had, I've had um, um, a couple of people from within Thragio, um on my podcast this year. I've had Casey Goss, uh, you know. Uh, uh, former boss. <laughs> Shout yeah. out to Casey. <laughs> For, former boss. Um, good friend of mine. Um, and, you know, who's their VP of SEO. Um, I also had John Hefter, who's one of the original members of the of the founding team um, over there. Um, and I would say that they've done a good job sort of executing on buying brands and growing their revenue and uh, working on the working on the on the creative side. Um, as far as, you know, 
um, I don't know of a specific, let's say, service provider or or um, or person, but uh, I think you know I see a lot of sellers that are you know doing really well, just individual sellers that understand Amazon that are super focused on it. Um, I mean, we have a client that you know maybe a year and a half ago was like at a million dollars, and this year they'll do ten million, um, and it's two you know two young guys who are crushing it, launching a bunch of products, doing things really well. Um, being aggressive and doing things right. So I've seen a lot more of those kind of cases where um, sellers are, you know, launching more products and, you know, growing their businesses by taking advantage of, of all the opportunities. And in this case, we're, we're just running their ads. Um, so there's obviously a lot of other really important pieces that are driving their growth. But, um, you know, finding those product opportunities, launching, doing things right on the, on the, on the listing side, uh, I think is, I think is really important. Most of the very successful sellers I see um, are launching products on some kind of scheduled basis, whether that's three products a year or five products a year, or some of my clients that will launch 60 products this year that are, you know, $50 million a year, you know, uh, you know, Amazon brands. That's a well-oiled uh, machine in my mind. <laughs> very, very well, very well-oiled uh, machine. One of, one of our clients did, um, uh, on on Prime Day, they did two million dollars in sales on those on those two days um, alone. So yeah, it's incredible to um, to to see that. But um, I think there's lots of sellers that are executing really really well. I think 2020 opened up a a new window of opportunity uh, to sellers that probably would have failed in 2018 succeeded in 2020. Um, I think. Um, I've seen products that I think would have failed in 2018 that succeeded in 2020 just because of the overwhelming demand that Amazon had and the um, the 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 delta between the supply and demand of, of products and and people selling out and having supply chain issues and uh, etc just brought about a new level of opportunity and accelerated the growth of uh, e-commerce probably 10 years 10 years forward in, in the adoption of e-commerce and, and Amazon Prime and so um, I think um, you know, uh, Andy Slammons, you know, I could say a friend of mine, um, you know, took his business to 10 million plus uh, this year, including over seven figures on Shopify uh, and likely 2020 will do 20 million plus. Um, so I've seen sellers that, you know, before before we're at that, you know, early seven figure one one to three million mark who like, you know, had massive growth uh, in, in 2020 and have executed well. Um, and I would say again, a lot of it comes down to really choosing great products and doing a good job of the creative work more so than, you know, um, than testing every single hack, you know, or th that, that you kind of see, um, you know, posted about, um, I would say in Andy's case, um, yeah, very focused on just launching the right products more so than what's the latest trick. Right. What do you, um, and for those of you who are listening live, feel free to add in your comments, uh, or submit live. Um, and we'll be able to share, we will be sure to answer those as best we can. Or after the fact, if you've saved this and watching on YouTube later, go ahead and tag us in the comments and we'll make sure that Leron, uh, gets those comments answered, um, later on down the road. Um, my question for you, Leron is, do you think 2020 offered more insights as to e-commerce trends and Amazon trends, or do you think that is so much of an outlier in terms, like you said, logistics problems or uh, supply uh, caps or inventory caps, I should say. Do you think that's more of an outlier or do you think it's a uh, more of a trend in terms of what we can apply to future growth and not just a one-off instance? Yeah, no, I think I think more, more on the trend side because I think there was a lot of behavior that people adopted in 2020 that will stick. Um, I can see it in my myself, right? For the first time, I used Instacart and Costco to get home delivery. I'm doing a lot more uh, Whole Foods delivery orders to my house now than rather than, than going there. Um, I've just seen you know shifts for myself. Somebody who's somebody who I could say is already right more digitally minded and tech minded uh, implement more around e-commerce and tech related um, tech related buying. And so I think I think there's a lot of people that in 2020 either didn't fully adopt, you know, buying uh, a lot of things uh, online, they would go to, you know, Walmart, or they would go to, they would go to brick and mortar. And uh, I also think certain categories saw 
uh, a new adoption. So if I was a big Amazon shopper, but I didn't buy jeans on Amazon, I wanted to go to the store to buy them. Well, I had no choice in 2020. And I saw that, hey, it's super easy and I can buy three sizes and, and send, you know, send the ones back that, that don't work. And um, I, I think certain categories like, like grocery, for example, and food um, products, massive adoption of people buying those products. And I think that will stick because it's much more convenient to, to order online. So, um, you know, I think a lot of the supply chain issues will, will solve them themselves out. So I did see, I did see sellers that, that launched, that happened to, or launched a product in April that sold out, but didn't see that same success when they came back into stock. So I saw forehead thermometers selling out in April and the market get crushed back when those people got back into stock. I saw a seller that launched, you know, by chance, I think before the pandemic hit, um, you know, in April they had elderberry gummies up, everybody sold out and they sold out of their product. But I told the seller, this is a super competitive niche. Like I didn't even want to take them on for, for advertising. Right. Um, and then they said, no, they, they sold out, they reordered a bunch of stock and they had massive issues when they got back in because everybody else who had 5,000 reviews was back in stock too, but they didn't have that level of competition there. So I think there was some sort of, um, you know, situations where sellers sold products that they, they won't be able to compete, compete again in those categories. But overall, um, I think 2020 more of an indication of just the, the growth of e-commerce, um, the rise of Amazon. I, I think the, uh, on the same side, the rise of Shopify and the opportunities to, um, the opportunities, I've seen more sellers have success with Shopify in 2020 than ever before also. And so I, I think that's, that's another opportunity. The area I think you, you need to be to, to our points about focus. I think you need to either have a team in place on your Amazon side or be at a certain level so that you don't drop, you know, uh, take your eyes off the ball and, you know, sort of fiddle with Shopify while your Amazon business uh, is suffering. So I think you just need to be, be more concerned about that. But I think I think Shopify is a great opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's the word that we're using over here, at least myself when I'm on other shows and podcasts is diversify. And I think that's the major thing is a lot of people saw that they were just leaning heavily on Amazon, although albeit it, it makes sense where that's where a lot of the traffic comes from. That's where a lot of built in sellers are. Um, but if that's where all your business is solely focused on, it's hard to pivot when something like a pandemic or like a, you know, they, they cap your inventory levels. It's hard to grow from that. So a lot of people yeah. are either growing internationally or growing on different platforms and marketplaces. So uh, are you seeing any specific like moves? You say sh uh, Shopify, is there other marketplaces where you're seeing a lot of people flock to in terms of opportunity? Yeah, yeah. so I wanna talk I want to talk about that, but um, I also, before I go into that, I, I also want people to think about Amazon, not as an Amazon, you, you don't have an Amazon business. Like don't think of Amazon as a business. Think of Amazon as a customer acquisition channel. Um, ultimately, and the more you could do to capture that customer data off Amazon, the the you know better your brand will be um, in terms of being able to communicate directly with with a customer. I, I don't think you, I would say, become a real brand until you can have direct communication with your with your customers. Um, and again, that's another area of focus uh, for me in in twenty twenty one. As far as other marketplaces, um, I've actually seen some really good things about Etsy. Uh, I think Etsy was actually um, quite successful for, for a number of sellers in 2020, um, almost more so than Walmart. I think a lot of people, uh, I think Walmart is heavily category dependent. Um, I know one seller in the supplement, in the pet supplement space, that's having a very difficult time on Walmart and they have, they have one listing on Amazon with variations that does, you know, a million dollars plus a year, very little sales on Amazon. Then I have another, you know, customer, that's in the uh, food space on Amazon and doing phenomenally well on Walmart without, without even much in, in ad spend there. Um, so um, I think uh, I think a lot of sellers wish and hope that some of these other marketplaces were more impactful. But if I had to, if I had to put an area of focus myself in terms of money and where am I going to focus in 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 2021 outside of Amazon, I would much rather try to just build up my own channel i have a lot more control in terms of driving traffic and trying to convert on it as opposed to you know let's say uh, walmart for example yeah and i think a lot of people go to walmart because that's a, it's a shiny brand that a lot of people know and it's uh and it's obviously a marketplace which is super um 
competitive as well. I, I think that will continue to see growth, but obviously building your own brand, you can't go wrong with that in terms of like driving traffic. It's just a whole nother animal of you have to now start sending traffic that way, um, building that brand equity and loyalty offline. Um, a couple of questions. So like with 2020 being so different and obviously it shut down a lot of like networking things and partner, like partnership opportunities. What was one thing that you think you missed most about either restricted travel or just on top of that, what would you learn um, that you didn't think you would learn maybe being on lockdown or kind of like the lack of traveling? Yeah. Um, so I think, I think it has its pros and cons. Um, you know, I think, uh, it was an extremely productive year for me, and I think that is because, uh, I mean, up until up until March, I was traveling, um, and you know, um, I, I think um, I think being home allowed me to f to focus a lot and not having those travel. When you travel, you know, if you're going to a conference, you're there for three days, you're not necessarily getting that much done in your business, and then you're a, a day traveling there and a day back and recovering, and and you can really lose lose steam. And so too much of that is, is not good either. So I think, um, you know, seeing how much you can accomplish not traveling and how much you could do on Zoom and networking. And now we, we have, you know, Clubhouse, right? And, and other things that are out there in terms of networking, um, you know, I think was was good to see at the same time. Yeah, I, I think uh, the best relationships that I've built in this, uh, in this space have been by meeting people face to face. And there's a certain level of trust that you get only when meeting face to face and certain level of business that you could do. Um, so I think there's, I think there's a lot to be, to be, uh, you know, to be said for that. I, I think the biggest thing yeah, I sort of miss is that, you know, sort of, um, you know, getting to hang out with other, other sellers and you, you, the only people really you can kind of talk about this stuff with, right. You can't, you know, um, my wife doesn't want to hear about Amazon all day or, you know, or, or, or my family. Your, wife, or, you your family and wife sounds like mine. Yeah, yeah. I watched a two hour documentary last night about, it was the frontline one with PBS. It was Amazon empire. And I made her watch it with me. I was just like, I need to consume it. Like I just yeah. it was on in the background and she watched it and she was talking with me. She's like, I won't do that to anyone else. But you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I think being able to, and then also I would say the biggest learnings that I've had have not have, oftentimes not been by going to the conference and sitting in the room, it's by being in the hallway and talking talking to people outside the room, right? Um, and there's just a certain level of discussions that happen, um, you know, spontaneously when you have, you know, good sellers getting together that you just won't have on a, on a Zoom call. Um, or, you know, when you're sitting out having, you know, lunch or having a drink or, or whatever it is. So um, that I think is kind of, kind of uh, missed. Um, but I think also, being home has had a lot of a lot of advantages. Not traveling, being super focused on my business, being home with family. Um, you know, I, I don't think I'll ever go back to the amount of traveling I was doing before before the pandemic. Um, even if even I, I I got the vaccine last night actually. Um, hey, congrats! That's awesome. <laughs> so so you know even with that, um, I don't think that um, I don't think that I'll ever go back to a hundred plus days being on the road. That's a lot. But if you think about it, I think a lot of people are like how much we've traveled, how many events they were doing. I, I know that there's, like you said, the pros and cons. I wasn't traveling for my business, but I was definitely expecting to um, do quite a bit for it. But then obviously everything comes to a standstill. And you said one thing that I always tout is the marketing or the networking that came from just the pandemic of the ability to do it. I, I think I've done more networking now than I've done in like in-person events or anything else like that. So I think more people are at home and you know where to catch them. Like that's yeah. a good and a bad thing. Um, all, all hours of the night I'm getting pinged on my phone and it feels like that. But like you said, it's it's nice to like know you can get work done, you can focus, but also there is that in-person um, that in-person thing you can't get when you're, you know, through a computer like this. I also think that, you know, in general, you go through stages, you know, uh, personally, um, you know, like, um, maybe you start out in the Amazon space and you learn and learn and learn and go to a lot of events and absorb as much as possible. And then at a certain point you might pull back and just go focus, right? You already know all the things, you know, the, the added value you're going to get by one more event or one more thing might not be as high. Now, now you just got to go execute, but there's a certain level of benefit you get by early out networking and learning, learning from others. Uh, I think the same could be said to, um, you know, philosophically from, you know, being in your twenties, you want to, try a whole bunch of stuff and like pick something that you like in your thirties, you just get really, really good on it. 
and in your 40s you're going to make all the money based on your expertise right in that in that particular uh field and then maybe in your 50s you're mentoring and giving back right like there's certain kind of stages of, of your life in terms of building a business and and where you're gonna uh at which point you monetize um you know the the most on um you'll see in the forbes you know it's mostly old people right that are like at the top of the forbes billionaires list you have mark zuckerberg as as kind of a outlier example but for the most part it's kind of set same to be said in, in the amazon selling career right in the beginning you want to go learn 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 absorb as much you probably have more time than money and then at a certain point you want to just go super focused and block out all the noise yeah no that's a that's a good uh you know mentality to have and i think a good takeaway i would have for this too especially for those of you who are still not selling or if you are selling in this beginning concept of this you want to take it to the next level i think that's a good to go into 2021 before we wrap up here what are the maybe um before the top of the hour and you got to go obviously you're a busy guy what are kind of maybe still the missed opportunities that are just so glaring to you that no one's like really maybe uh focusing on or they're talking about um that's a good that's a good question um you know look i i, I met today with a with a seller that is you know has a seven figure business uh and they came they came to me because they wanted to outsource their their advertising they're spending probably fifteen thousand a month on ads um and they have not implemented they have a storefront they haven't implemented sponsored brand ads they haven't implemented sponsored brand video ads they haven't Im implemented sponsored display ads um and because they don't have the time right which is which is you know uh, uh a a a resource that is very limited that that all of us uh you know only have a, a limited amount so i think the missed opportunity is not capitalizing on all the possible opportunities you have um and it would have been very easy for them to execute on all of that if you know right now they're they're realizing they haven't executed on all of it and they're they're talking to a variety of agencies about you know outsourcing it because the cost the the, the benefit to them on outsourcing it is going to much outweigh the cost um you know of doing it and sort of leveraging that and so i think i think those are all missed i think not executing on uh not executing on on opportunities that are very low hanging fruit in your business that could take you from level a to you know a much higher level um, it's just missed opportunity. And so I think you want to assess, you know, assessing your business, like what are the low hanging fruit of opportunities that I have today that I'm not executing on in my business. And I, I guarantee every seller has things they can improve. You can go back and refresh your A plus content that you did two years ago that you haven't refreshed. You can go back to your listings and you, you've added new products, but you're not cross selling those new products in your older A plus content. And it's time to re redo that and, and, you know, have a schedule of redoing that twice a year. You can go to your Amazon videos that maybe are not great that are working well with ads and produce professional videos that are doing better like make a list of your lowest hanging opportunities um of where you can improve and go execute on at least some at least some of them um to me like the the lowest hanging fruit um and not capitalizing on those on those opportunities are are the greatest missed opportunities that you, that you'll have and that could be the difference maker between you know being able to exit in a year for a lot more money yeah where are you uh, consuming most of your education still? Is it through Facebook? Is it through, you mentioned Clubhouse a lot. And although I, I don't have any Apple products, which is, I guess, a shame on me. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I'm not on there yet. Where are you learning the most right now for things that are going on in the e-commerce and Amazon world? Everywhere. Um, Everywhere. You know, I any, would, anything specific that you would say, I, like, I would say, have to check this out? I, I mean, so I think a number of ways. So I, I think Facebook still, I, you know, I scroll past through. I, I look at questions. Something interesting comes up. I will click and, and read more more into it. LinkedIn is another good resources. There are some people, per, you know, posting good content and different content. More, I would say, like LinkedIn is a, <clears throat> I would say, bigger in the brand community than seller community. So there's different things you can learn there. You can learn from people that are in CPG space, working with you know companies worth fifty to five hundred million, as opposed to you know. So you can learn different things there. Um, LinkedIn LinkedIn is good. Um, Facebook groups are good. Podcasts uh, are good. You know, I I, I scroll around from from Danny's uh, seller sessions to the Helium podcast to Ecom Crew to 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 you know a lot of times it's by asking people I want to learn from onto my own podcast right like and being able to ask them questions. So I would say, and then a lot just in one on one conversations with people that I've built relationships with over the years that they'll share something or in some closed groups of smaller sellers that are kind of like vetted type of 
groups where they have to like check you out before they before they allow you into the group. So when I say everywhere, it's kind of like, yeah. And then I pick things up on just social media marketing, let's say in a clubhouse room where you have people that I don't know personally, but are experts in the field. Yesterday I was, I hosted a room um, and there was a guy who, who runs like a, a really big influencer uh, agency. He represents, you know, influencers that have, you know, 12 million followers, et cetera. And like talking about the, talking about things from his perspective of repping influencers and how brands deal with those influencers and how you should deal with those influencers. Just, I learned tremendous amount in, in, in two hours. Um, you know, so uh, like I said, pretty much everywhere. Um, but I would say Facebook, LinkedIn, podcasts are, are all great, sorry. great places to I learn. Oh. I heard my name. Thanks, Alexa. Yeah. yeah. She's listening now. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, she she wants to know that you can also go on Amazon and, and learn more from from her as well. So make sure you yes. ask Alexa as well. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I think it's a good way uh, place to cap for uh, today. So Liron, before we obviously hop off, if people have questions for you or they just want to pick your brain on like, hey, I'm struggling in this area, they want to learn more from you. Where can people um, either reach out to you or how can they connect with? Um, yeah. Um, sure. So, so our website is Incrementum Digital. Um, I would say if you want to ask me personally a question, um, you can. Is that the best email? <laughs> <laughs> it's the best email. It may, may not get answered right away, but uh, <laughs> better to to tag me and post in like my Facebook group, Ecommerce Mindset, because I'll be able to look at it when. Uh, or you might have smarter people answering the question, um, you know, ahead of me. Um, but um, I do answer DMs and, and people message me, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, so you can. Um, try try that um as well but um yeah the podcast is e-commerce mindset the facebook group is e-commerce mindset um you can post in there you can tag me and again um there's probably other people that are smarter that will be able to answer your your question um also um but yeah thank you so much for for having me uh on and um uh, I, I see you're pumping out a lot of awesome content this week. Uh, <laughs> this so. week it's man, we're, we're this is the most we pumped out live every every week or for the most in one span. It's five episodes this week, so it wasn't by design, but it was by accident. But that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing that I think I'll continue to grow. Our audience will continue to grow. We appreciate you. And then I always cap off every episode saying like every everyone who jumps on here is always a friend of the podcast and a friend of the show. So more than welcome to come on and contribute. If you ping us and you're like, Hey, I have something to say about that for live. You hop on real quick, give your two cents and hop off. We're more than welcome to do that. So, but yeah, we appreciate your time. And um, for everyone else who's out there, thanks for joining us live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, thanks for subscribing on Apple music or Amazon music. Jeez, Apple music, uh, Apple, Apple podcasts and Spotify, wherever you consume it. Make sure you subscribe to those channels. And then um, this will episode will also be on e-commerce mindset, I believe is what we were talking about as well. So happy to have you on. Thank you so much again for your time. Uh, we'll get we'll catch you guys next time on Crossover Commerce. We'll have, again, every day this week, we're going to go live to all uh, on all of our social channels. Um, I think we have, uh, we're going to be talking about bulk file uploads. We're going to be talking about ungated content on Amazon. We're talking about just seller spotlights and someone who's running more than 10 brands at once, just pumping out great content for you guys in the seller community. Thanks for joining us again. I'm Ryan Kramer for Crossover Commerce, uh, presented by Pink Pong Pimmons. Thanks for joining us. Bye.